You're listening to What She Said, a podcast about blogging, creativity and life online hosted by me, Lucy Lucraft, a freelance journalist and blogger based in Brighton. Hi, Monica. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for having me back again. Of course. So first of all, um, if you don't know who Monica Stott is, um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you do because I've been talking about her every single episode in season three because she is the creator of the blogger course who is sponsoring what she said for the whole of season three and you were also one of my first guests on season one and on season two so you can look at those episodes also they're in my back catalogue and I'll link to them in the show notes but can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are what you're sharing your blogging journey so far yeah, um, so I'll keep it brief. Um, so I run a blog called The Travel Hack, and I started this blog back in 2009 when I went traveling for a couple of years. I traveled through Southeast Asia and Australia, and I kept this blog um, kind of partly as a journal, but partly because I knew I wanted to be a journalist. Um, so I kind of saw it as an online portfolio of my written work. Um, and I think that's probably the reason why I took it a bit more seriously than most kind of backpackers who are just blogging about their travels because I always saw this as um, kind of like a stepping stone to launch my career when I was eventually ready um, to start looking for a proper job. Um, and then I ended up working in social media rather than journalism, um, social media marketing. And then I went full time as a travel blogger um, about five years ago now. Um, and I now I now have two children, so I don't travel quite as much, but I do a bit more kind of like travel and lifestyle and much more travels in the UK. Um, and I've launched a course called the Blogger Course, yeah, which Lucy mentions all the time, which is amazing. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's me. And I should say, um, so we've known each other for a little while now and have moved in the same kind of blogging circles for quite a while because I started out in travel blogging and also I did Monica's course so I did it I paid for it myself it was completely organic partnership in that I did the course and then I just couldn't stop raving about it because even though I would say that I'm I'm I don't think I could call myself a travel blogger anymore but it's such such a good course and the one thing or not the one thing but the the thing that was my light bulb moment and what we're going to talk about today is niche yeah yeah and I think everyone who does the course they kind of everyone has a certain chapter that is really like like you say like the light bulb moment and they read a certain chapter and they're like yes this is making everything so much clearer for me and for a lot of people it is the niche chapter and they are I mean I think we're going to do a live in my Facebook group to talk in depth about a lot more of the chapters in the blogger course because it's really meaty and there's a lot there was a lot of light bulb moments basically for me but um yeah the biggest one was niche and I am notoriously someone who hated niche (laughs) hated the idea of niche (laughs) very (laughs) anti-niche yeah which is so ridiculous and I I realize now I realize now why so using me as an example I think before I did the course I probably in fact, I've written a post called No Niche and like, oh, I don't need a niche. Like, I'm great as I am. <laughs> um, but even when I read that post, I can see my niche in that post. Yeah. And you will have seen it as well. And it, and it's ridiculous that I didn't see it myself. So I think it is hard, though, to see your own niche. It's so easy to see it from the outside. 
that's part of the reason why I love doing the course because I, there's so many things I struggle with with my own blog. But when, as an outsider looking at someone else's blog, you can just see all the answers and you can see what someone's niche is straight away and they can never see it themselves. Well, let's use me as an example then. So I don't know if I'm even the same as where I was when I did the course. Um, I think I was even a bit muddled then, but I could see my niche so much more clearly and I and I began to niche down from that moment, as soon as I took the course, um, I started understanding what I was offering to people, who my audience was. And for me, it's pretty easy because my most engaged and kind of um, profitable audience as well is through my podcast and through Instagram. So it is it is really easy for me in a way. It's really easy to, for me to see what I'm offering and yeah, what my niche is. What I'd quite like to do is use me as an example and then if you can talk through the pitfalls of maybe what I was thinking and where I am if that makes sense yeah 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 so I started out as a travel blogger uh, and then I branched out into lifestyle and was just writing about anything but I didn't really want to call myself a lifestyle blogger um and I would have said my niche was I was always clinging to the travel so I was like oh well I'm a travel and lifestyle blogger which isn't a niche um (laughs) yeah that's one thing I talk about especially sort of lifestyle and I get it that people like to call themselves lifestyle bloggers but lifestyle isn't a niche because the one thing I say in the course is like my brother's lifestyle is very different to my lifestyle so lifestyle is it's just too broad and even my lifestyle is different to my mum's lifestyle my lifestyle is probably different to your lifestyle mm-hmm. so it's just too broad yeah and even down to motherhood or whatever I threw in I could never I can never quite I started to add more and more topics in um and then think oh that that I'm kind of niching down and then eventually you pointed out to me oh I think you've got a really obvious niche your niche is your audience and that yeah, for me, you've got such a strong niche. Uh, that for me was such a game changer. Can you talk a bit about that concept, as in your niche being yeah. your audience? Yeah. So this is one thing that, um, yeah, I like to think about more. So it, it's too kind of restrictive to say you're a travel blogger or you're a parent blogger or you're a, a fashion blogger or a food blogger because most people don't just want to stick to that one thing because we're so much more than just that one thing, and. I think if if you're just blogging, if you're blogging to make money, I think it's a good idea to stick to a niche such as that, like just food mm-hmm. or just parenting. So you are the 100% expert on that topic. But most of us start blogging for a passion for it and a love of it and love of sharing stories and sharing photos and sharing videos. So you kind of, you want to blog about all aspects of your life. So it's easier to think rather than about just one topic um, to think about your audience and who you're blogging for. And for you, I always thought it was really it was really obvious that your audience were people like you. So um, mums who have just, you know, have very young children um, people who are adventurous and like to travel, but are also very interested in blogging. And it's women of a very particular age, probably I'd say about. I don't know, late 20s to early 40s. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very specific type of person. And I talk about in the course as well, Hannah Gale being a good example of someone whose niche is her audience. So she blogs about loads of different topics, but she blogs very much for women in their 20s and 30s. And now I suppose it's changing a bit now that she's had 
a baby so it's sort of probably people on the cusp of having babies you know she's probably got a very particular type of person I would imagine it's young professional women probably in relationships like she is probably living in London or on the outskirts of London or you know sort of city life and it's a very particular type of person and that person doesn't just like fashion or doesn't just like food or doesn't just like home interiors they like lots of different things so there's nothing wrong with blogging about loads of different things but all things for that one person and Sophie Cliff is another really good example of this she she's very similar to Hannah Gale I would say in that she writes Mm. about loads of different things and to use the example of to go back to Hannah Gale I think a a heap of her audience won't even be interested in having babies but they'll follow her they would follow her pregnancy and her you know motherhood journey because they love her yeah definitely or they're probably they might be like sort of you know, really young and they might want children in 10, 15 years time or something. So it's sort of, I found that a little bit with my blog, not a lot of my audience have children. I'd say a lot of them kind of think, you know, sometime in the future they might like children. So they they do still enjoy following that kind of journey thinking, oh, this could be me in 10 years time. That's really interesting. So you don't need to worry, I think, about going a little bit off piste if, if you're still blogging for that same person. Or I've also had people who have said, um, I'm not reading these baby posts now, but keep them coming because I know I'm going to come back to them in a few years. So things <laughs> like that, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you go a little bit off piste, if you still keep this person in mind um, and the one person that you're blogging for. And uh, your one thing I talk about in the course as well is kind of making one person from your audience, like the main person you're blogging for, and think about this person and create a little character for them as if you were writing a novel. I've never written a novel, so I don't really know. But I, <laughs> I think that people that I think authors create like character bios and they'll write pages and pages about each character and they make them into a real person. And if you can do this for your blog, this one person you blog for, it just makes it so much easier because everything you write you can think would would my audience like this would that one person like this and try not to get too distracted because there's always some random person reading like I, I don't really blog for like say older men but there's a few older men out there who are very very opinionated mm. and I'll write something and they won't like it and it'll get it really get to me and I think oh no you know they don't like it but then I think actually this 70 year old man isn't my target audience that's not who I'm writing <laughs> He's not my niche. I don't need to worry about what this man thinks. I think one of the powerful things about niche is exactly what you've just said, is that um, you, it's like a it's like a filter, isn't it? You don't have to feel like you're getting distracted by, there's so many distractions in blogging. Yeah, definitely. I think anything that can just make things a little bit clearer and a little bit simpler, um, it is, can only be a good thing. And do you find that your niche translates across your social media platforms as well like the people who are most engaged on your Facebook page the same as your Instagram the same as your blog readers or are they different people within a kind of journey as it were um I think they're probably a bit different actually I would say on Facebook but I think this is true across all of Facebook my audience there are a little bit older Mm. um so they do and there's more people I think follow me for me on Facebook so personal things um things about motherhood tend to go down well on Facebook um Twitter I think it's just a big a big mixture and Instagram oh I haven't got a clue on Instagram Instagram <laughs> changes every day I've got no idea 
They're so fickle. Um, yeah, I, I think it is different, uh, but I don't want it to be different. I want it to be the same kind of people across them all. So mm. I just try and be myself and just be true to myself across them all and just hope the right people find me, really. And I think, actually, that that makes sense, doesn't it? Because you are putting your energies into the social media platforms that you resonate with most. So Instagram, I know, isn't your favourite platform. So it makes sense to me when you said, oh, I don't know on Instagram, because I know it's it's not like the one that gives you the most joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Whereas for me, it's the most, it, like, it's the best. It's my favourite. I love it the most. And so therefore, I put my energy into it. And therefore, I get the most, I reap the most rewards yeah. in terms of engagement. And um, yeah, in terms yeah, of everything. Definitely. I think, yeah, it's the same for anything. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Um, but I think as long as you're just kind of being yourself, across them all I don't try and and produce content for different audiences across different channels because I don't know that's just not true to me I just try and be myself and just share share me across them all really so what would you say are the biggest stumbling blocks especially in terms of niche at the start I know what mine were um and I and I hear other people getting getting cross about niche (laughs) um why do you think that is and what do you think the stumbling blocks are I think this is going to get a bit deep, I think now. Um, most people don't know their niche because your niche really is who you are as a person. And it, it's quite a big thing. Like, who are you? Mm. If you know what I mean? It's, that's a really deep, really difficult, really, just a really hard question to answer. And I think some of the best bloggers out there are very sure of who they are and very happy with who they are and very confident with who they are and I think when that starts to shine through when you really know who you are it makes things a lot easier because you don't start comparing yourself to other people you don't start thinking oh this person's doing this I should do that too you think I'm happy doing what I'm doing this is what I'm doing and and this is the way I'm going to stick with it because this is me and I think that that's a really difficult thing to do I think especially like when I was younger, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know like what direction my life was going in. And I felt like this kind of showed in my blog as well, because I was just sort of flitting here, there and everywhere. Whereas now I feel like I'm much more grounded and much more settled. I know who I am. I know what I want to blog about. I know what I enjoy blogging about. I know who I enjoy blogging for. And that all kind of ties into my niche. Mm. And I think a lot of the time, when people don't really know what their niche is, it's it's because they don't really know where their life's going. And I don't know if, if this kind of applies to you because you were sort of struggling with niche around the time when you had a baby mm. and you don't really know what direction your life's going to go and you don't know if your baby's going to, you know, 100% take over everything or if you're going to want to still keep different side projects or you don't know how much of your, your life as a mother you're going to want to share. You just don't really know what direction you're going in. So that makes it really hard. Oh and yeah. Now I'm assuming that you're sort of a bit more settled and a bit more like, you know, you you're kind of a bit more together about the whole motherhood thing, you know exactly what you're doing. So it makes it a bit easier to make decisions based on who you are and that translates into your niche. I never even thought about it like that and I and actually, yeah. So when I was really struggling with it, yeah, it was when I was pregnant and I didn't know where I was I did I didn't know where I was going at all and I think I I I don't ever want to say I wasted a lot of time because every step I've taken 
was the right thing to do at the time. I was in exactly the right place for me at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasted a lot of time or energy or headspace or whatever thinking I should be a travel blogger. I need to somehow, you know, shoehorn travel into my life. Um, Yeah. When really... and that until fairly recently, I was like, I need to make sure I do at least a travel post every other week. Um, and I was really struggling with it. And that's because I just don't want to travel anymore, not in the way that I did. I don't want that to be a part of my life. And I also don't want it to be a part of my life that I share. Um, yeah. I don't like traveling with Anais at the moment. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. <laughs> it's tough it's really tough it's really yeah. tough I don't know how you do it but um we, do, we don't actually do it that often I just talk about it a lot when we do <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm doing it I'm traveling with them again <laughs> so um but I I had a similar thing as well because um once I had like the two kids I thought oh, I should be a family travel blogger mm. but I'm the same as you I don't really like traveling with the kids I like going on holiday with them mm. but you know, there's not a lot of fun in blogging about a one-week all-inclusive hotel, you know, where you just spend a week by the pool. Um, so then I didn't really know where I was going with that because, yeah, I, I felt like I should be this family travel blogger, but I just wasn't really enjoying it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely it. And I, and I think probably as women as well, we're maybe even more labelled. In fact, we are more labelled because I'm pretty sure. So Simon Hayes, who was on episode one, the SEO episode, he just had a baby fairly recently yeah. and I don't think anybody is asking him the question oh are you a family travel blogger now do you know what that's true I hadn't thought of that yeah. at all yeah you don't do you you just no. kind of assume that he's going to carry on like he is but with a baby in the background yeah whereas when a woman has a baby you think the baby's going to be in the foreground yeah absolutely because nobody really likes to think well maybe a woman will carry on with her job like you for example traveling is your job yeah. um, you are the travel hack like you have a lot of press trips each year yeah you you can't you can't just strap a baby on to you wouldn't expect a woman to be taking um her baby on a work trip if it no. was if it was anything apart from travel blogging but I've been asked the question a lot yeah I think less so now I think people are sort of seeing what I'm doing now but initially mm. yeah I think everyone sort of assumes that you're going to be a, a mummy blogger and mm. yeah that just kind of wasn't for me um same so yeah, but it does make it hard when you have a big life change. It, it's going to affect your niche and it's going to affect your audience. Um, and I think as well, you get people who are quite defensive about not wanting children, and they think as soon as you have a child, that all you're going to talk about is your child, and they're going to be completely alienated from that. Um, so at first, I got a lot of people like, "Oh, all you're going to talk about is babies." No, no, no. That sort of made me the opposite. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about my baby at all. <laughs> then that was weird that was that was weird to have a blog and not talk about my baby yeah um so it's just finding the balance the balance that you're happy with I suppose and I think that's the thing as well if you're happy with what you're blogging about you're going to attract an audience who enjoy it yeah and I don't think you need to worry about pleasing your audience too much because you're going to end up writing content that's not true to you and not true to your niche yeah um if your niche is who you are yeah I agree and it's funny how we all take some people are really really quick to to get to this like you say it's the people who have a very strong sense of self just know what they're about and aren't having any wobbles but for quite a lot of us it takes a while to find our feet and especially you know when you're when you're self-employed which you are as a blogger um yeah. you 
it's hard because you don't necessarily feel like you you don't have an HR department to go to you don't have anyone to like touch base with yeah but I think it's so good if you do have like a blogging BFF yeah or actually probably not even a blogging BFF because they're going to be quite involved in Mm. you and your blog as well yeah sometimes a complete outsider really helps because I get loads of people on the course saying oh I don't know what my blog is and honestly within 10 minutes of looking at their blog I can see what their niche is 100% see what their niche is so yeah sometimes just just ask someone just like what do you think it is um but then a lot of the time it's because people are trying to be something that they're not yeah that's a big one actually that's a really big one you see so many bloggers trying to be what they're not and when they just sort of accept who they are everything just slots into place yeah if you've ever listened to the podcast before you'll have heard me mention the blogger course and for good reason too monica stock created the travel hack back in 2009 and since then she's become one of the most respected travel bloggers in the uk if not the world she's worked with a gazillion brands and she even has her own suitcase which is amazing by the way Over a series of weeks, Monica shares tips on creating video content, branding, writing, and the dreaded niche. (laughs) In fact, this was such a game changer of a chapter for me that I went from thinking I was just a travel blogger to knowing that I am something completely different and that I have a super tight niche. It really, really changed my blogging life. The course isn't the only thing that you'll get as all chapters are available for audio download. And when you join, you become a member of the Private Blogger Course Facebook group where members share tips, tricks, and opportunities too. Monica also gave members of the course the chance to join her on a press trip this year. In fact, I think they've been on two blogger course weekenders with Wow Trip, um, and there's more to come. So that's a pretty cool opportunity, and it's not one that I've seen with any other course. If you want to sign up, head to thebloggercourse.com today and get 20% off with the code WHATSHESAID. That's 20% off with the code WHATSHESAID. It's easier said than done, but I ha- I 100% agree with you that if you can shut out the noise and just do what you want to do, contrary to what people think, doing that is is bucking bucking the idea that you have a niche. Actually, it's the opposite. Um, doing what you want to do is actually niching down. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it sounds like we're kind of going further away from niche, but it's not because, yeah, if you're a personality blogger, you your personality is your niche so you've Mm. just got to know what your personality is um which yeah much much easier said than done (laughs) and what about with because obviously we all especially um as we you know as people get older life circumstances change with the best will in the world like you you might be like me you were a massive travel addict I was traveling non-stop for three years and now I just never want to I never want to travel at all um what, yeah. what happens then? What happens then? How do you circumnavigate that, as it were? I think that's why it's a good idea not to stick to a niche like travel or food mm. or fashion, because people are following you rather than your travels. So people are interested in you as a person, so they will change and adapt and carry on reading about you. Whereas I think if everything you write is just travel, 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 and suddenly you start writing about being at home Mm. that audience isn't going to be interested and I think one of the lovely things about blog is that it does change with you so my blog started as a budget backpacker and then it was more about kind of when I went back to college and I lived in London and was taking city breaks and then it was about being a, a you know like a young graduate and not having much money but 
you know, still wanting to travel. So it's our budget weekend breaks. And then I had a little bit more money and it's kind of just like evolved. And then I moved out of London and then I had family. So my blog has totally changed with me and my niche has changed with me as I've got older. And I suppose at some points you're going to end up leaving people from your audience behind. Mm. But a lot of the time they're going to grow with you and change with you and you'll attract new people as well. I think, I can't remember in what group it was. I think it might have been in my Facebook group that Flora who was is Flora the Explorer um and will be on the podcast later later in the season she was saying that um we were talking about kind of blogging stats and she said she hadn't written for a long time you know she had a really tough year her dad died um and she wasn't blogging for a really long time and she lost uh, you know on paper she lost um, a lot of traffic and then she was like, but those people were never my people. They weren't, you know, they weren't yeah. around for the long term anyway. So actually, you know, thinking about the fact that the people who stick around are the engaged people and they're not the numbers, I think is quite powerful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, just blogging for a smaller audience who are really interested in you and on a similar sort of journey as you. Um, it's much more beneficial to everyone, really, than sort of just blogging for the masses. And also, you know, on a kind of, you know, really cold, hard numbers base, that's where you're going to make your money. You're not going to make money from the people flitting yeah. in and out because they don't trust, they don't trust you. They, they're yeah. just coming for the information and they're leaving. Unless you have loads and loads of people. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, but again, if you're like, you know, a bit smaller and starting out, it's easier to start making money from a small engaged audience than aim to have a huge audience. Do you think actually, this is a bit off topic, but do you think nowadays the way blogging is, if you're starting out now, anyone really gets to those huge numbers anymore? Cause I feel like it was, a, a, and this might be one of those things where you say it was a lot easier when we started. Um, and you started before me, of course, but, do you think it was easier when you started out? Um, no, not really. I think it was different. I think when I started out, there wasn't the same information out there. Mm, um, I think, point. yeah, when you were starting, like, I didn't know what SEO was. Mm. Um, I didn't know what WordPress was. There was so much that I didn't know. Whereas now, I think when you're starting out, because there's so much information, it might not be a good thing in a way. It might be too overwhelming. But I think you can start with good intentions. Whereas back in 2009, I don't think many some people did but not many people started with with the kind of intentions like they were going to make it something professional it was it was always going to be a hobby in 2009 I, could, I don't think many people realized it could be more than a hobby so I mean there's pros and cons to both but no I don't think so because some yeah sometimes I think that the bar is completely different to even when I started there were other people who had hobby looking web uh, blogs but we're also kind of getting into the realm of going on press trips, etc. And I, I started working with brands when my when my blog didn't look so slick. Whereas now, when you start, it's so easy to get a beautiful, slick-looking website that it's it's almost ridiculous if you start without one. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think the bar is much higher, but it's easier for everybody to be better because there's so much more out there to make it easier. Yeah, that's so, true. So, but then I think it could be overwhelming if you see this really slick website and you've never even logged into WordPress before. 
it's going to be so overwhelming. You're going to think, God, I can't do that. But actually, it's really easy and you can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's pros and cons to both. But I do think that somebody could start from scratch right now and within a year would have, could have a really amazing blog and be huge. I think if you knew what you were doing, yeah. And I'm sort of tempted. I would sort of love to do it just as like a little side project, just to start something from scratch and see if it's possible and to see how different it is. Um, But I just need like an extra 10 hours every day. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I would love to because I do think it's possible. I think most people's problem is that they're not focused enough because they don't know what their niche is because they don't really know who they are or who they are want to blog for and they lose momentum and they they you know start really well but then sort of get a little bit bored really I suppose and trail off and start posting once a week and then once every two weeks and then once a month and it's just not enough yeah yeah so I th- I, I do think it's possible but I just think it's really hard to keep up the momentum with it yeah I totally agree and it reminds me actually of something that um twins that travel who have a podcast also um which is really good I was listening to an episode where they were talking about how they their game changer was kind of changing their travel writing style because they had been writing in they were they were just so so bored of their own writing um and their traffic had kind of was um had stalled and it wasn't matching their Instagram presence um and they changed their travel writing and kind of rejuvenated their their love of it all and I mean this kind of feels like it's off topic now but actually it was a really inspiring um podcast them talking about it because it made me realize oh my god I don't like travel writing um but that's not off topic I don't think because that's about how they re- they remembered who they were. Yes, and they exactly. are storytellers. They're writers. They're wordy, and they love this long form of storytelling. And that's them, and that's who they are as people. So that's what their niche is. Mm. And they'd kind of gone off niche because they'd been kind of copying what other people had been doing. And this is something I talk to Laura and Claire about a lot because we have completely opposite sort of blogging styles. Because mine is much more kind of SEO focused. It's more much about more getting the traffic. Yeah, practical travel tips. Yeah. Um, it's about getting the traffic in and it's about getting people from Google, whereas theirs is much more about writing for the audience they already have and telling them stories. And I feel like you'd go onto their blog and read all about their trip to Florida or something, whether whether or not you had any intentions of going to Florida. Um, and that's their style. That's about them. And they just tell the most beautiful stories. And yeah, that is their niche. They they are storytellers. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. That's kind of what I was thinking in my head, but couldn't really articulate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got that. Yeah, <laughs> you got that. <laughs> See, this is where you need to sign up to Monica's course because it is it is amazing, genuinely. Um, so just to finish off, what would you say are the best three tips for honing your niche? Okay, um, I would say number one is it is about sort of figuring out who you are and think about yourself and who you want to be blogging for. And I suppose your audience are probably going to be people very much like you. And yeah, think of, yeah, think about who you are and what you enjoy reading. And don't try and restrict yourself to just blogging about just one thing over and over again. Because for most people, most people, I think that's when they start losing momentum mm. and get a bit bored. Um, or 
I suppose you could still keep blogging about the same topic. Like say if you're a food blogger and you blogged about like vegan food, but get an element of your personality into every recipe as well so that it gives people something to keep coming back for because it's about you. And it, as I like Lucy was saying about if you want to change direction, it's much easier to change direction if it's about you. So, yeah, I think the first thing is just think about who you are and what you want to stand for and what you want to be known for. And like, say if a reader came up to you in the street, what would you want them to say? Um, what would you want them to sort of know your blog as? Um, so, yeah, know who you are. And then I suppose my second one um, would be this a little challenge, actually, that I talk about in the course. Um, and it's called the 100 Blog Post Title Challenge which isn't a very creative name, but <laughs> basically something that I like to do is say if I'm just not feeling very inspired, um, I'll just sit down and start writing ideas for blog posts. And what you should try and aim to do is write 100 blog post ideas. And it sounds like a lot to begin with, but as you get going and start the, start the ball rolling with it, you'll realize actually it's not because like one idea will spark another idea and will spark another idea. Um, and you, from this, you'll sort of see which blog posts stand out as the ones you really want to write and the ones that are going to come much more naturally and much easier. Um, and then that makes it a bit easier to see what your niche is. Like, say, if you were a travel blogger and you were writing about a trip to Paris, you might write about, um, you know, what you wore in Paris and where you stayed in Paris and where you ate in Paris and um, where to shop in Paris and you'll start writing blog post titles about these things and there will be certain ones that will stand out and you might think, actually, all I want to write about is what I wore in Paris and where I went shopping in Paris. And then you'll start thinking, oh, actually, you know, shopping and fashion and that's my thing. That's what I love the most. So you're yeah, writing out a big long list of things that potentially you could write and thinking about the ones that just feel the most natural to you. That will help with your niche. And number three, oh... I don't know. I think just about being true to yourself. Yeah. Trying not to look at what everyone else is doing. Um, and yeah, just carrying on with, with what you love and what feels natural. I think that's really powerful because even in that blog post that I referred to where I was saying no niche, I, and I was being really cross about the fact that I had no niche. What I said was I am my niche. <laughs> <laughs> There you go then. Yeah, so I'd, I'd sort of worked it out, but I hadn't worked it out then. And yeah, I think that's super brilliant tips. Thank you so much, Monica. Where can everybody find you online? So uh, everywhere I am The Travel Hack. So my blog is thetravelhack.com, across all social media, just The Travel Hack. And then my course is The Blogger Course. Um, how much is it and where can people buy it? <laughs> um, so if you just search for the blogger course or the URL is courses.thebloggercourse.com it's currently priced at £125 and there is a three month payment plan uh, which makes things a bit easier so it's a 12 week course um, and you are kind of drip fed a module every single week but then you've got lifetime access to it so you can dip in and out for as long as you want to and it's brilliant I can I can attest to how brilliant it is um, all the links will be in the show notes thanks for listening you can find me at lucy lucraft everywhere you can find old episodes of what she said over at lucylucraft.com where you'll also find me chatting about all things blogging travel vegan life and zero waste living too 
If you enjoyed this episode, you know what I'm going to ask you. (laughs) Please think about leaving a review for the show. It genuinely makes a massive difference to me. Um, And I really, really appreciate every single review you leave. I read every single one. They're really, really kind. And sometimes they even have a little cry when I read them because they're just so, so lovely. I respect and admire and appreciate every single one of you whether you leave a review or not I just I love that you listen and reach out and tweet me and whatever and just remember that every review that you leave I give two pounds to charity the charity this month is endometriosis uk 